Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Ginger to all you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun, you're all captains in our book. And no matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. We're also brought to you by Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Every day, Yahoo Daily Fantasy is running a zero management fee fantasy basketball contest. That means Yahoo is making nothing on this contest and equals better odds for you to win. One in five people who play will at least double their entry fee. Tired of playing against people with 150 entries? Well, there's a limit of 10 entries per person, so don't miss these contests. Go to yahoo.com slash daily fantasy to play and use promo code yahoo25 when you make your first deposit for $25 in free play. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Cousin Sal, along with the CEO of the podcast from One Shining Podcast, very busy, Master Tate Frazier. What's happening, Tate? Not too much. Yeah, it is. It is March. It is March 12th. We are in the midst of all things uh, March Madness, so it's a good time of the year, Sal. It's exciting. The crap gambling weeks are behind us, and then they'll be in front of us again come uh, end of June. But we have a nice, nice little stretch here and uh, to help us through it. As always, on the line, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my wizards of wagering, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, and Darren the Parlay Kid. What's up, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Sal, what's up? What's going on, buddy? Well, you guys are going on. You guys went 2-1 and one last week. That's a winning week as far as I could tell. Let's, let's review it real quick. Darren the Parlay Kid, you took two hockey games midweek. Uh, the Islanders over yeah. Ottawa was one, and then you had the Bruins, right? Now that that was a that was a a hard stopper, from what I remember. Yeah, so, yeah, I won the Islander game fairly easily, and then uh, the Bruins were down three two late, and I think they scored two goals with under three minutes left in that game to pull it out. So definitely some luck involved, Sal. Sometimes that's what you need. Yeah, that's right. Well, we've certainly had enough bad luck, so you could get the one for the good guys every now and then. Brother Bry, I went <laughs> with you. In the Sharp Tank, you went uh, North Carolina. I think the line was three. They won by yeah, more than three, it right? Three. It was close for a little bit, but then uh, they, what what they end up winning by, nine or ten? Uh, yeah, it was 79-70, right? So, yeah, I That's had right. them minus three. I think the day of the game, it jumped to like four and a half. Uh, uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, it was a little nerve-wracking early on, but I knew Harry was on the other side of it. So it was uh, going to be yeah, a Not only uh, was Harry – yeah. <laughs> Not only was Duke on the only, other side Duke of it, and we had for 30 Duke. or 40 minutes. But. <laughs> well, Harry, I mean, I think about what a douchebag move this is. You know that our very own Master Tate Frazier, CEO of this podcast, <laughs> is going to the game. Not only is a diehard Tar Heels fan, he's going to the game, mm-hmm. and you still, you still make a case for Duke without Zion. They've been awful with him. Shame on you, Harry. Shame on you. Worked out nice for Tate. It, it, it put the jinx on there so I wouldn't win, so Tate had it in the bag all the time. The one thing is you... Uh, you gave out Duke as a pick, but then you ended up buying a point too, which is also another scumbag move. <laughs> oh, come on, Harry. <laughs> well, I just you know when you when when in two games against North Carolina, this team shoots sixteen of seventy one from three point range. I mean, I think I'd rather have the four of us, five of us out there uh, shooting through. Well, maybe not you, Bry, but everyone else out there shooting threes <laughs> other than the Duke players. 
Tate, how was it being there? You didn't you didn't think of Harry once while you were there. No, right? I, that's all I could think about was Harry the entire time. I had an, yeah. an entire Duke family sitting in front of me, and they were just uh, you know they didn't seem very invested in the game at all. They ended up you know at one point pulling for Kobe White. They were very chummy and very nice and willing to accept the loss because they had the greatest caveat in the world, which is. Zion didn't play, so it doesn't count in their mind, which is uh, it's quite a way to live. But it, it was fun to be there. It was an easy win. And, uh, it was, you know, it's always happy to happy to have people in North Carolina. I, I told the guys earlier, a lot of people uh, coming up and saying how much they love this show, because, as you know, we like to gamble in North Carolina. So, uh, oh, good. Every, good. I like everyone's to hear into that. it. Yeah. And Tate was sending us videos. It was nice. Uh, at one point, the clapper was there. That mm. that could have thrown all the, all the whole mojo off right there. That was that was disturbing for a while. But that looked like a fun time. Harry there, right? Harry was on the side of Jason Garrett for one day. Uh, so <laughs> that, I'm sure that was sweet for him. He loves Jason Garrett because he knows it makes the rest of us Cowboys fans crazy. He's always on the Garrett side. Speaking of Harry, and speaking, uh, I'm going to tie this in in a second. Locking in the show I'm on, the sports gambling show. Fox Sports, you can catch it 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern time on FS1. Uh, we're going to Vegas. We're doing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week in Las Vegas. We'll be there uh, at the MGM. I think you can get tickets. I don't know. I tweeted. I put it on Instagram. You can get tickets and bother us. It's going to be a train wreck, but uh, I'm also excited about it. And one part in particular I'm excited. We're going to set some Guinness records, and I was told I can mention this. One of the records we're setting is – the number of casinos gambled gambled at in a 24-hour period. Uh, I think the other fellas know about this. Tate, do you want to guess what the record is for number of casinos gambled at in a 24-hour period? Number of casinos. I'm going to go, uh, the line is 69 and a half. I don't even know if there are oh, that many wait, casinos. Hold on. You know, you. I told no. you this, right? No, no, you did not. What is it? Really? No. The answer is 69. The record is 69 casinos. That's crazy. Look, see, Tay, you are getting good at this. See? Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. It only took like 97 episodes, and you really caught on to this gambling thing. That's right. 69 casinos. That's the record. And our very own Harry is going to attempt to break that record. He's going to do it, I think, Thursday into Friday. Is that right, Harry? That it? Okay. Let's do it. Yeah, sure. Harry, the race is 69. This is amazing. (laughs) Look, <laughs> it's I'm, true. You know, that's I'm, right. I'm, yeah, I'm, that's I'm, right. I'm, that's your thing. The race is 69. Wow. Well, is this sports or is this roulette? What are you doing? Anything? Are you just going to mix it up? <laughs> well, uh, I, I think we're still trying to pin down the official rules of exactly what we have to do. But in terms of, you know, I lived there for 17 years. I know the town pretty good. But I think I'm going to try to use some analytics to map out the best way to travel around the Vegas Strip and the town. And last night to try to if in case I have to walk or run the strip from now on until I come until I until I get to Vegas, no food. What I'm doing is straight Atkins shakes for a week. What do you, what what is, what is first of all? I think you're confusing contests here, Harry. You're making <laughs> you a bet in casinos. That's what you're doing. You're exchanging but currency for chips. But if I have to chips. walk, if I have to run to get to, to make it to the time, I'm going to try to slim down and lose a, lose a couple pounds. So I can get this record breaking. Uh, you know, he said to our friend, uh, Brian, guys, he said to our friend Ken about this when he was presented with this challenge. I think Ken told him about it. And then he said, oh, man, I, I don't know. I'm going to I'm not at the right weight for this. <laughs> what do you, do you I mean, actually, I think you'd be better if you were in a, like a wheelchair and some kind of like a scooter type thing. I think you go the scooter other way. Gain nice. like 60 pounds in a week. Scooter would be good. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. The rules are, as we know them now, you do have to, you can't, it can't be a pull of a, a slot machine. It can't be one of these bowling alleys that only has like video poker. It has to be an accredited casino and you have to cash in money for chips there. You can't do it ahead of time. So that's going to slow you down a little bit. And we're working out transportation yeah. because they had some issues with that. They must have heard of Harry and, and Ken's escapades because they're worried about them speeding and, uh, and ruining the strip as we know it. But uh, very excited about this. Parlay Kid, if you would place odds on this and, uh, and, and you know, Tate miraculously set the line at 69 and a half, yeah. you go over or under? So if there's one guy that could pull this off, it's, uh, it's probably not Harry. So <laughs> we're going to have to go well under on, uh, on this. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. I think you're right. Unfortunately, thanks, uh, thanks, pal. Jimmy thanks. Kimmel Live is in Vegas, April 1st to April 5th. I'll be out there for that. There's a lot going on. A lot of fun. Um, Bry, the fun doesn't uh, end for you. Big free agent signings, big trades this week. Um, I will say this: Antonio Brown went to the Raiders. That was the biggest move, I would say, out of anything. Uh, Tate Lombardi says in the first three days of free agency. Only the players win. The teams don't win. You're not going to see a good deal, right? Did, mm-hmm. did he say that to you? I mean, I've heard that. I've followed him on Twitter, and he's saying that. Basically, teams come up with good deals when free agency starts, which is technically tomorrow, I think. But in the first three days, the players make out big, and I, I kind of think we've seen some of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a big tick on uh, the radar as far as like who is making the choice on the free agent decision. We all knew that AB was never going to play in Buffalo, so uh, as this is all sort of playing out with like guys signing with teams, he, he's shocked about the Landon Collins deal because uh, it's one of those things where safeties maybe don't have the value they used to have back in the day because of you know all the rules that we're putting in for player safety and things like that. So sure. to give him that huge deal, uh, and then I saw DJ Swearing or a guy that he's basically replacing was very upset about him getting the 80 million or whatever it was. So uh, it, it's that's probably the biggest talking point is where the value is on the market. And, the, and then once again, Washington uh, is way off from everyone else and not in a good way. Yeah, I don't know what kind of game they're playing, but that is an insane amount of money they gave Landon Collins. But um, and, but I will say this, someone pointed this out. Like there's hundreds of millions of dollars under the cap, these teams combined, mm-hmm. and not too many good players to get it or great players. So of course, we're going to be disappointed with the number, or it's going to seem outrageous. But, brother, brother Brian, getting back to you, are you happy with this Raiders deal? <laughs> A lot of times you're not happy with the deals, but if I could do the math right, I feel like they got they gave up Cooper a third and a fifth for Antonio Brown and a first. Now, I know that might be simplifying yeah. it a little bit because then I had to open up the contract, and he's getting like $30 million. But um, do you look at it that way, or do you look at it a different way? Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of look at it that way a little bit. I mean, this is like the first move that the Raiders have made in a long time that I actually really liked. Again, they kind of, they fleeced the Steelers on this one, giving up a third and a fifth for Brown. I mean, it's worth the risk. Um, I just, I couldn't believe it happened because I just assumed we were going to give out, if we're, when we talked about it the last week, I gave out the Raiders at uh, plus 350, Brown going there. But I just assumed we were going to be dumb enough to give up a first-round pick or a first-round pick and, like, a third-round pick. But I I was so shocked to find out that we actually only gave up a third and a fifth. So, Did I mean, we ever find out what the Bills offered? Like the deal. I, I don't know if we ever really found that out. Tate, did you hear anything on that? No, not specifically. I just, you know, heard the rumblings and the, the, the leaked They may not stuff. have released yeah. that information. But one thing that's out, the sports books have it. They have an over-under for Antonio Brown as a Raider. Nine receiving touchdowns, and I've seen nine and a half at some places. Over-under, 
1,250 yards. I'm of the mind that we go under on all this stuff. I mean, Pittsburgh scored touchdowns on 73% of their red zone trips. The Raiders were at 53%, the 30th in red zone drives, 29th in red zone touchdowns. Uh, I know Browns had like 59 touchdowns since 2014, but nine touchdowns, that would be the number I would use. I would go under nine, under nine and a half if you can find it. Look, Julio Jones is a great receiver. There are some years, in recent years, he's only ended up with four or six touchdowns. Brother Bry, what do you say? This is your team. Do you go over under nine or over under 1250? Well, you know I'm always pessimistic. I love the unders usually in this in this play. Um, I think what I would do is I'd go uh, – I'm with you here. I'd probably play the under on both just because, again, when you look at it, you have to look at injuries on both sides. You have to look at an injury for Carr, and you have to look at an injury for, for Brown. Obviously, mm-hmm. if one of those guys gets hurt, it's not happening. But I think I'd lean more towards the under nine touchdowns. Look, when again, this is the Raiders, not the Steelers anymore. So – if you're game planning against the Raiders, I don't know who else you have to game plan against. So you might as well put just four D-backs on Brown. And then if you look at the Raiders historically, I mean, Carr's only had, I think Crabtree, the most touchdowns he had was nine. I think that's the most he's ever thrown to a receiver. Plus, if you look back to Gruden's days, I mean, Tim Brown had one very good year where he had 11 touchdowns. I think Galloway had 10 touchdowns another year. So I think only twice has a Gruden receiver had more than nine touchdowns. So I think under is the play in that one. Yeah, I, I mean, look, you know who else was the stud receiver for their team who who routinely get double digits and touchdown numbers? Jordy Nelson. Now, I know he's coming off an injury years back. Only had three touchdowns for the Raiders in 2018. Uh, yep. Played 15 games. Parley Kidd, are you with us on these unders? Yeah, I thought we all had a deal that we were just going to do nothing but unders anyway this uh, coming football season, right? Sure. So, um I love the signing. I, lo- I I love it for the Raiders. It gives them some juice this year coming into the season. Uh, you know, Brown, I think, might fit in well there personality-wise. Um, you know, the Raiders like their bad boys, and if you want to call Brown a, a bad boy, kind of fits into that old-school Raider mold. And, uh, he, he look, he's a great player. But, um, yeah, I mean, who else are the Raiders throwing to? Look what he had with Pittsburgh. I mean, uh, Smith-Schuster there uh, last year, and he's, you know, had Bell the years before. He's had other threats. I mean, really right now, uh, he'll be getting doubled all day long. And uh, mm-hmm. Carr just hasn't shown me enough over the last few years to uh, to make those numbers go over, at least bet them over. Yeah. Harry, I feel like the D-backs in the AFC West are better uh, on the whole anyway than uh, where where Brown is coming from. You go over or under these numbers. Well, I like I like under too, but I mean uh, I think Brian's right. It was worth the risk, but really, what if they come out and Carr isn't doing things like he did at the end of the season last year, where he wasn't doing well? I got I got I put an over under at four games. If they're zero and four or one and three, I've got an over under at four games where he throws uh, where Antonio Brown throws a bitch fit on social media. <laughs> okay, I haven't seen that anywhere, but yeah. No, well, I'm making it up right now because if there is four even a lot ball, anymore with any of these players, passes. four, four, you're basically a choir boy if you throw only four fits on Twitter uh, with these guys. Yeah. Um, Tate, a lot of talk about Carr, but is Carr definitely going to be their quarterback? And if so, if not, 
Do you like over or under these numbers? Oh, yeah. I'm going to take the under there. But uh, if you do believe, I guess, in Antonio Brown and being able to make a statement this season and, you know, after the way he soured himself, I guess, leaving Pittsburgh, there's a chance. But I, I'm i more worried about Carr than I am about Antonio Brown. I think he could score 10 touchdowns if he maybe had the quarterback. But, you know, I don't have much faith in Carr. I'm sorry, Brother Bray. Again, this is very similar to the Cooper deal to the Cowboys with Prescott. Like, yeah. now we get to see – what Carr really has. If he struggles if he struggles this year with Brown, he's out next year. We're gonna use one of our two picks next year on a quarterback. So uh this is kinda of, this is a make or break year for him. But I I have I I've soured on Carr over the last two years too. I think since his injuries he's just it's a lot of dinking and dunking. So uh, you know, again I think that's that's a good reason for the under here. Yeah it's yards yeah, per this 10. is about getting Antonio Brown to Vegas, right? Maybe not even so much next year. Yeah. Um, and who knows who the Raiders quarterback will be in 2020, but getting him to Vegas, getting somebody that the fans are excited about. It's a good move in that regard. And like we said, they only gave up a third and a fifth. And we thought, I think we probably thought a month ago, at least get a, a second for him. Right. Mm-hmm. Got crazy. Um, but he got his money. That's for sure. Um, let's switch gears. Let's go to the hardwood conference tournament odds. Here we go. Lots of fun, Tate. Uh, we have the big tournaments. A lot of these teams don't play. We're taping this Tuesday night. I think Virginia plays like Thursday morning. Otherwise, a lot of these teams, you don't see them until Friday with the double buys and everything. But uh, we're going to go around the horn and ask, what is your best or favorite, best bet for conference tournament winner? Uh, Harry, don't say Vermont minus 670. Give us a real one. <laughs> no, it's not going to be Vermont, but it is a team that starts with the letter V. Uh, I'm going to take oh. Virginia at plus 120. Uh, to win the ACC. Uh, you know, you look at what team out of Duke, UNC, and Virginia needed uh, need this championship uh, win more. I feel without a doubt it's the Cavaliers. Uh, you, you know, uh, North Carolina has proved its dominance this year, and especially late by beating Duke twice. The Blue Devils uh, just care about national championships, and they, they have been a real roller coaster ride since Zion has been injured. Virginia, after losing... In the first round of the NCAA tournament last year, the 16th seed at UMBC, they need something in their hardware case. Tony Bennett's team is led by their defense, as usual, uh, as they have only given up 70 points three times all year, and two of them were to Duke. They held ACC opponents in, in, in the 50s or less in 13 of their 18 games. Uh, this year, the Cavs, have solid shooters as well. The team is averaging 42% from three-point range. Just recently, they had 18 of those against my orange on the road and have got solid guard play all year from Kyle Guy and DeAndre Hunter. Both of them are getting 15 points a game and five boards a game. Uh, Virginia has to prove a point from last year's debacle, and it starts with winning the ACC tournament. If they all get right. UNC, I- they handled them pretty easily, and... Oh. <laughs> They won't lose to Duke three times. Well, they won't lose to them because I think they're on the opposite side of the bracket. I don't even think they meet them in the finals. I like Virginia, too. I had it at a plus 150 this morning. It's gone to 120. Did, did uh, Notre Dame's win really screw things up? I don't know what happened. But, uh, yeah, I like Virginia here. I think Kyle Guy and DeAndre Hunter, they're as good of players as you can find in the country, not named Zion Williamson right now. And basically, the number one seed, this team that's only lost two games, is really – they're not getting as much fanfare because they know how to tie their 
friggin' sneakers, right? Like this is, uh, I mentioned this on Lock It In, like that, that no one's shoe blew up and Virginia already just slides into the number one seed and Carolina and Duke are going to beat the hell out of each other. Uh, what do you think, Tate? Are you worried, concerned about Carolina winning this or you think you got a one seed anyway? Uh, I think they have to beat Louisville in that first round game. So consider if you expect Louisville to win that first round game that they have and then they play Carolina in the next round, I think uh, that's a team that obviously beat Carolina at home uh, and blew them out basically. So if they lose to Louisville twice, that'll hurt their chances, I think, to possibly be a one seed, especially if a Michigan State goes and wins a tournament. They may bump them up to give them the one seed. So that'll be something to watch. But, uh, yeah, I think Carolina and Duke, I don't expect them to play each other again. But I could be wrong, uh, and I hope that I'm wrong, and I hope that Zion plays because that would be uh, that would be fun for everybody. There you go. And Harry, once again, betting against you. Yes. What, what this time swap. with Zion. Unbelievable. Yes. I know. You're welcome, uh, Kate. You're welcome. Parlay Kid, who is the best bet for a conference yeah. tournament winner? All right, so you know I like to kind of – up the odds here. I'm going to take Davidson out of the A-10. You know I'm an A-10 fan because my Dayton Flyers uh, mm-hmm. reside in the A-10. Uh, Davidson finished 14-4 and this year in the A-10. So they're going to open up with a game against either Duquesne or St. Joe's. Who've, uh, they, they've beaten uh, once, I think, this year, uh, both teams. And then uh, they'll most likely play my Dayton Flyers in a back-to-back game. And Although I'd love to see Dayton win, they're very, uh, very thin in, in the depth. They've had a nice season this year with over 20 wins, but uh, Davidson just a little deeper. So they got uh, two guards in Gudmundson and Grady, who average over 17 points a game, and then a couple other players who are also in the double digits, which is pretty impressive to have four guys uh, in the in double figures there, and they shoot 35% from three, which I always think is the magic number. You want to shoot about 35% from three as a team, uh, and that's what they do. They're coached by a great coach. Tate, how is this guy, Bob McKellar, how has he never left Davidson, right? He's been very true. He's a Long Island guy, Sal Shamanad and Hofstra. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, fantastic coach, uh, underrated. And you know what, Sal, listen, VCU is at the top seed in this. They're making the tournament. I think Davidson plays them in the finals. Uh, They're going to need to probably win this game to make the NCAA tournament, which I always think is the deciding factor in some of these final games when one team maybe needs it more than the other. I think they pull that one out. They're plus 350 to win the tournament. I like those odds. It's in the Barclays Center, too, in Brooklyn this weekend. All right. So this is what Todd Furman likes to call a happiness hedge. The Parley Kid's a big Dayton Flyer fan and alum, and uh, they're probably going to meet up with Davidson, like you said, on that side of the bracket. And if they lose, he's got money or, you know. He's got his pick on Davidson. So this is true. This is do. true. That is true. I see what you're yeah. saying. All right, uh, Brother Bry, <laughs> what's the best value for a conference tourney winning? Okay. Uh, well, before I get to my pick, I would say, what are your thoughts, guys? Let's go with a long shot in the Big East, right? That conference is a mess this year. So I, I think yeah, terrible. One of the things we should look at is the long shot there. because Saint I John. have been killed on Saint the Big John. East all year. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, well, so Saint I'm going to say... Yeah, I know, right? Maybe St. John's, who knows? But so I'm going to stick with a conference I've had some success with. Uh, I'm going to say Kentucky wins their fifth straight SEC tournament at plus 200. Uh, it's anywhere from plus 200 to plus 225, depending on what site you're looking at. I mean, it seems like Calipari always has his team playing well at the right time. And this, this, this team is, seems like it's a good mix of some veterans and some freshmen. Uh, you have the kid Reed, Washington, uh, some, so there's some veteran presence there, which they usually don't have. 
So if you look at if you look at them over the last nine years, they've been in the finals eight of the last nine years. They're going to obviously be playing Tennessee in the semis, which I think the winner of that game is going to win it. I have a feeling that LSU up top is probably going to get upset with all the things that are going on with their program right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that Kentucky beats Auburn in the finals. Look, they can probably win this thing without Reed Travis, um, but I think from all things I'm hearing recently, he's likely going to play. The last time Reed Travis did play against Tennessee, they beat the crap out of them. When he didn't play, Tennessee beat up on Kentucky. So I think he's going to be there for that fi- for that semifinal game, and uh, I think Kentucky comes through uh, once again. Yeah, I I, re- I couldn't believe this. By the way, everything I read says that Reed Travis is coming back, and that would help their backcourt immensely, as you pointed out. Um, I couldn't believe Kentucky hasn't lost an SEC tournament game since 2014. Is that true? That's true. God, oh my, that's that's a lot of years, Tate. Tate, you yeah. were like two and a half years old, right? Yeah, I think 2014. I do, I think that's I, not, yeah, that's just, insane. But one thing I did is I made a parlay. You can parlay some of these uh, conference tournament odds. I parlayed Virginia and Kentucky, brother Bry. I came up with six nice. to one odds, which is pretty good. Um, I, I think like both it. of them, at least in the finals, and you'll have a nice, uh, fun weekend to root. Tate, uh, right. is there anyone we're missing? Uh, I was going to say for Parlay Kid, I love that Davidson pick. Kellen Grady is uh, very similar to a Stephen Curry and a guy. If you haven't watched, he's a he's a lot of fun to watch. Can get hot yep. from three. Um, and then as far as like, I try to do like something with the Big Twelve just because I feel like they're. You know, without Kansas being the top dog there, there's some interesting stuff going on. So I, I like Iowa State plus 500. Uh, they got this guy, Mario Shayok, who used to be at Virginia, a uh, guy that can score the ball. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're just a team that's under sort of under the radar. And I, I don't like the way Tech, Texas Tech is the Virginia of the Big 12 where uh, they have to suffocate teams to win. And uh, if a team gets hot against them, I can see them getting upset. So I like uh, Iowa State in the Big 12 tournament. Nice. All right. Iowa State is 5-1 to one odds. Texas Tech is uh, supposed to win that. That'll be weird if Kansas doesn't, but they're not even second. They're third at plus 350. I'm looking at some of these other um, bigger conferences. Michigan State is supposed to win the Big Ten at plus 140. Michigan plus 250. I was surprised to see that Michigan had fewer losses than Michigan State. Actually had a better record. The Pac-12, which was miserable. Washington plus 250. Uh, Arizona State plus 350. Those are probably the only two teams that, that get in out of that conference. And, uh, Brother Bry, you hit on the Big East. My God, Marquette and Villanova, those top two seeds, what did they go, like one and six the last seven games that, the, uh, that they didn't play each other? That's That that was just terrible. I lost with Marquette. Yeah, all I know you is I didn't, with, get, I didn't get any of them right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you lost with Villanova. I lost with Marquette on Saturday. I, I, it's funny. I was talking to one of our producers, a big Big East fan. DePaul is 50 to one odds. In this, um, what is this? A ten-team uh, uh, tournament? <laughs> they scored ninety-six points the other day. I don't think any team should be fifty to one odds. And uh, brother Brian, Paul, like one of you said it, a long shot in the Big East. Well, who would you say for Big East? Uh, Tate is a long shot. I mean, I do like the idea of a, a St. John's maybe being a team that could actually do something just because of the talent that they have. And we know that they can't piece it together. And yeah. that is the uh, in the same way a Kimba Big East run, you know, having a guard uh, like Shamari Pons to be able to do something possibly and make a nice little run could happen. Uh, so, I mean, maybe that's the team. But, yeah, I mean, Marquette was really disappointing because at one point they looked like uh, a kind of a sleeper team where Marcus wow. Howard yeah. could make a run and uh, get hot in the tournament, and make you know, possibly make a Final Four. But, yeah, the Big East is a mess. I think we touched uh, talked about this last week. I love first of all, anytime I put Howard on, I could tell he's a great player, but uh, he's terrible as soon as I turn the television on. They double team him now. He turns the ball over. They have like twenty turnovers a game, and it's it's miserable to watch. 
Uh, yeah, you're right. St. John's is eight to one. Xavier twelve to one. Georgetown fifteen to one. Those teams stay with everybody in the Big East. That could be fun. All right. Well, obviously, going to talk much more uh, college basketball next week. Hopefully, uh, if the timing works out, we'll have Mark Titus on. I know you guys have a busy week, but let's switch gears. Let's go baseball, and it's coming up in a few. I think there's a game overseas in two weeks, but then starts another like week and a half later or something. I might have that wrong. Anyway, baseball, let's go over home run odds. We'll be hitting Cy Young. We'll be hitting over-under win totals. We'll be hitting ALNL, uh, all that odds, uh, those odds uh, coming next coming weeks. But let's hit home run odds. Now, last year, Chris Davis, the one with the H, K-H-R-I-S, not the guy of the uh, Orioles who everyone forgot about, 25-1 to 1 odds. He won with 48 home runs. Now, Aaron Judge was favored coming off that monster year at 6-1. to 1. He ended up with 27 uh, home runs. Shame on you, Parley Kid. You loved Aaron Judge last year, didn't you? No, no, not so much. No, I didn't have Aaron Judge. I wouldn't have taken him for the whole You didn't month. have I know. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to pick one right now. Joey Gallo, as or as uh, Joe Pesci would say, Joey Callow. Callow. Um, <laughs> 25 years old, fifth season with Texas. Maybe not technically fifth. That first one really didn't do anything. 41 dingers in 2017, 40 in 2018. One of the best pure power hitters in the game. I think he steps it up. He could hit like 45 this year. 12 to 1 odds. I would say Joey Gallo. Harry, match that. Who do you like for home run king? Well, I'm going to go with Colorado Rockies, Nolan Arenado at 25 to 1. He had 38 homers last year. The past four seasons, like I said, he's had 38. He had 37, 41, 42 for an average of 40 home runs over the past four seasons. Uh, he's uh, in the prime of his career, 27 years old, just signed that monster $260 million contract. Uh, he's such a complete hitter. Uh, it's probably hurting him in terms of the home runs. But at 25-1, to 1, I'll roll with him in the thin air of Denver. 25-1, to 1, Nolan Arriato, most home runs. He's pretty good. I always pass on him in fantasy, and I, I regret it. But, yeah, 25-1 to 1 is a nice number for him. By the way, I should yeah. go over the numbers. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton, second year with the Yanks. Seven to one odds. Aaron Judge is eight to one. They're at the top. JD Martinez ten to one. Uh, I know, brother Brian, you don't want to see that again. Chris Davis, the defending home run champ, ten to one. Uh, and as I said, Joey Gallo twelve. Then you get Mike Trout fifteen, and Bryce Harper twenty to one. Brother Brian, who do you like? Um, I don't like Harry's pick. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> the only reason I don't like Arenado again, his he's probably going to be in the top ten, and he's going to hit forty. But I feel like his ceiling is probably like, yeah, 43, 44 maybe. And somebody's going to go above that. That's the only reason I don't like that. Although, again, he's going to probably be in that top 10 the whole time. But I do also like yours, Sal. I like, I like Gallo. I think, again, he's a guy who, if he just makes contact, he's probably going to hit 50 home runs. I mean, that's a guy who just strike out or home run. Right. But when I'm looking at value, I when I was looking through these odds, I looked at Cody Bellinger and at 70 to 1. I thought those odds were way too good. Look, he only had 25 home runs last year, but most projections have him probably between 33 and 35 this year. But if he's right, he could definitely hit. He's one of those guys, his ceiling could be 50 plus home runs. I mean, he had 39 home runs in 132 games when he was 21 years old. So I feel like they say he's working on his swing a lot this, this year. So, I mean, I think he'll probably be a little bit more comfortable because I think they said they're just going to put him pretty much in right field. Last year was all over the place playing every different position. So, I, again, I think at 70-1, to 1, I think if you 
he was probably what to start the year last year. He was probably 12 to one, uh, 12, 15 to one. Now he's 70 to one. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. I think he was about 12 to 15 to one. I think his over under was 39 and a half home runs. Cause we had, yeah. um, we had uh, Lenny Dykstra on, and he said he's going to go way under. At least I, that's what I think he said. It was pretty much incoherent for most of the interview, <laughs> but I think he said Cody Bellinger under. But, yeah, I, not as much protection in the lineup. No Puig, no Machado for the second half of the year, at least for last year. But 70-1 um, to 1 is a – my God, that's a big number for a guy who could uh, just kill the ball. Parley Kid, what do you like? Yeah, I like all, uh, what everybody's saying, Sal, and I'm looking forward to when the over-unders came out because I think you were pretty hot on those over-unders last year in the uh, the home run uh, case, uh, right? I think you oh, yeah, did pretty well, totals, right? Yeah. You, the, the home run mm-hmm. totals, the over-unders, you were fantastic last year. So I'm looking forward to those coming out. But, so I think I'm going to keep it simple here. At 20-1, to 1, uh, I'm going to take Bryce Harper. Um, he's going into a ballpark, which kind of like Yankee Stadium, Citizens Bank Park, plays. It, it's It's a... Paradise for left-handed hitters. Uh, Bryce hit 34 last year, and um, from what I just read today, uh, the, the metrics show about 16 balls that were either doubles or flyouts uh, would be home runs in Citizen Bank Park. So I think if we add that up, I, you know, I think Harper's entering his prime too at the age of 26. This is where he could really take off. Um, I've kind of called him a little overrated in the past. Uh, he's had some injury issues, but I could definitely see him living up to this contract. He loves baseball. I think now with the, with that contract, it takes a little pressure off of him in one way, obviously adds some in another way. But I think he lives up to it. I could see him approaching, you know, 45 to 50 home runs this year and at 20 to 1 uh, entering the prime of his career. Let's go with Bryce Harper. All right. Yeah, I think they said 8 to 10% increase for uh, lefty pole hitters in that park. But I was surprised to learn. The last time he hit 40 was 2015. Well, that's the thing. But, yeah, I think at least for these first few years. I'm of the mind that he's kind of past his prime, but I do think he's going to want to show show off these first few years. So I think he'll be around that 40 number, maybe 43, 44. Harry, you don't like Bryce Harper. He's a Vegas boy, but you don't like him. No, you know, I I, I think – Thirty-four last year, and that Aaron says that stadium. I mean, he can, you know, maybe go for forty-five. Who knows what the number is going to be this year with the uh, judge being far down, like you said last year. I don't know. I think uh, he might be able to get forty-five to forty-eight. He's tough. Like him a lot. There you go. All right, Tate. You have uh, anything to add there? R.J. Barrett, maybe uh, thirty-five home runs. Yeah, something think? like that. Uh, I like Aaron Judge uh, to to make a bounce back. I don't know if he's you know going to get back up to fifty-two, but I feel like forty-five range is not too bad for the judge. And you yeah. know, he need he's got the pressure of New York City. I think he's figured it out. Last year, uh, a lot of eyeballs were on him, so maybe this year with a lot of people sleeping on him, he uh, bounces back. Judge eight to one odds. Uh, Homer, that's a Homer Yankee call if I ever heard one. All right, well that's fun, and like I said, we uh, we can examine a lot of other baseball categories. The Parley Kid mentioned over under home runs uh, for um, specific players, and we have AL, NL, Cy Young. We're gonna hit it all in the next few weeks before uh, baseball season starts. But right now, time for our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino, where each week the degenerate trifecta and I set sail, tackling fake. Yes, they're fake gambling propositions related to sports and pop culture events. Now, J-Lo and A-Rod. J-Rod, they're together. Five rings now for J-Lo. This is her fifth engagement, which got the captain thinking, who is most likely 
to be the first to get their sixth ring. Now we know uh, we know Tom Brady has six already. J Lo's chasing him, and then we have others. Duke at five to two odds. Duke has five championships. Put the Pens and the Pirates together at four to one. They both have five championships. The Penguins and the Pirates. City of Pittsburgh waiting for number five. J Lo is at nine to two. The 49ers six to one. Cowboys eight to one, and the field at thirteen to two. Brother Bry, start us off. Who do you like? Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna go J Lo on this one at uh, plus four fifty. I mean, I think this odds would say probably over the last twenty years this is more likely to happen than any of those other things. So I'm just gonna say what happens is Conseco shows up at the ceremony, A Rod and Jose <laughs> get into a huge fight. J Lo gets so mad she throws the ring at A Rod and then she ends up marrying Ozzy Conseco. How's that one? Is that okay? Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, you're right. If, if, if Canseco hears about this prop, I could see him getting in the way of this and uh, collecting on the <laughs> plus 450. All right, Parley Kid, who do you like? Well, congratulations to J-Lo. Marrying a guy like A-Rod, she's a lucky woman, isn't she? Right? <laughs> I mean, after being married to Mark Anthony for, like, what, about 10 years? It's kind of like, what's Same with guy. the Hollywood she's people? A, she's got a type. Yeah. Right? What's with, the, yeah, what's with these guys? Like Pete Davidson with Kate Beckinsale? Right, right now, or mm-hmm. or Harry being married to any woman for that matter, it's kind of weird, right? How this all kind of comes around. But congratulations! What a, this is a fantastic, fantastic thing for A Rod and J Lo. Congratulations! But so I, I really like when it comes to these odds. How about just keep it simple again? The Penguins at four to one, and you included the Pirates. I even believe in uh, in this. Yeah, it's a but dual the Penguins. Entry, yeah. At the dual entry, Sid the Kid, he's still just 31. He won in 09. He won in 2016 and 2017. There's no question in my mind before he turns 35, he's getting one more. So let's take the uh, the Pens Pirates 4-1 to one, uh, to get that uh, sixth before uh, J-Lo. Yeah, and who sure. would divorce they run anyway? Well, too, right? They- Start that slow start, but I think they're uh, they're making a they're move. They're coming right? on, and and you know, so that's a big one for me. You know, I need them to make the playoffs. Oh, I got a big right. parlay oh, riding on one? that. Is that the big outstanding parlay, one, the yeah. parlay? That's that's the one. I that's see. the one. Big parlay. And look, Sal. Six two. Who, who, six two and two in the last ten. Rod, what a man. Six two and two, and they got Washington <laughs> tonight. Big game. Big game. Congrats, A Rod. You're the man. All right, Harry, is A-Rod the man? And if so, you know, we hold. Will we hold on to J Lo long enough so that she can't collect? On this sixth ring. <laughs> Listen, he, he lied to Katie Couric. He's not going to lie to J-Lo? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Look, boy, listen, I'm feeling good today, guys. Darren, Sal. I'm going to take the Cowboys at 8-1. to one. Your oh, Dallas Cowboys one. at 8-1. Oh, 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 it's been a long, dry spell for the boys. 23 years and counting since their last, last ring. So uh, maybe we can create a loophole so they can get some sort of a ring. I don't know. Maybe most ex-Cowboys in the broadcasting booth can get you a ring. Uh, if not that, uh, I don't know. How about the most thugs on your team? Can that get you some acc- uh, some some sort of accolades with David Irving? Good for the Giants, Gregory. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. I'll tell you who can't get a ring or even put it on their finger. The poor woman. Who lost most of her digit because Dak Prescott's pit bull chomped it off. Come on, Dak. Get get the dog some behavior lessons. Again, look, for the ultimate jinx, I'm just taking Dallas at 8-1 to one to win their sixth championship. Like I said, 23 years and counting. 
All right. Get yourself some behavior lessons. All right. I'm going, I hate to say this. I don't even take the Cowboys as the football team. 49ers. I think it's six to one. I just have a weird feeling that something goes down in the next three years. You know, Shanahan, I, I think they, they draft well. I like what they do with Kittle. I'll tell you what, that Quan Alexander is probably one of the better underrated signings of the last three days for them. And you know what? Look, they have a quarterback that dates porn stars. Good <laughs> things happen when they date porn. He could be running the country someday. But I think short of that, uh, Garoppolo will be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy sometime in the next three years. So I would take the 49ers at 6-1. to one. What do you say, Tate? You like any of these? I like Jimmy G as well. I like uh, I like the chances of Kyle Shanahan figuring it out and basically being the uh, the you know the hot offense that everyone wants to play for. And and we've seen Jimmy G you know be a star quarterback. And there aren't that many left in the NFL. And congratulations to Nick Foles because he got paid. So uh, I will say uh, definitely the 49ers will be the team though uh, to make a run just because they have a real quarterback. Yeah, I was looking at that parlay kit for the Cowboys. Like one of the questions on Lock It In was. Uh, well, you can't, uh, you know, what are you going to do? You, who's, who's better in the NFC East now? I was like, I don't know. Cowboys signed Sean Lee for a year. We don't even need him to play great. Um, but right. uh, it, it's, what did Philadelphia do? They overpaid for for Deshaun Jackson, who's over-under is like four yeah. touchdowns. And they may have lost their last, their best quarterback in uh, Nick Foles. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think the Cowboys took a step back. Yeah. But I digress. I- that's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right, we're getting uh, trade information from Harry, who's basically the uh, uh, the Schefter of our, our group here. Harry, go wow. ahead, announce it. <laughs> Odell Beckham traded to the Browns. Yep, Browns, baby. Wow. Yes, the yes, Browns. the Browns. Love it. Oh. Wow, Harry. Well, I take back what I said about the Giants having scumbags on their team. It's one less. <laughs> this is Eli's unbelievable. Have under ten touchdowns this year. Wow. So it looks like uh, it looks like they gave up. It says a first round pick, a third round pick, and Jabril Pepper. Oh wow! Wow. That's is good. that wow. right? Yeah. So it's well, I guess it's the age difference, which is why they'd have to give so much more away for him than than they would uh, Antonio Brown than oh, the Raiders wow. did for uh, Antonio Brown. But that is a monster trade, Tate. Right? That's a wow. huge trade. Uh, OBJ, we call him Ferris Bueller uh, back on the GM Street days. That's going to be. Uh, I mean, at least he has Landry there, Jarvis Landry, one of his good friends, Baker Mayfield, real quarterback. So the Browns are. They're actually trying to make a run. That's interesting. They got the LSU connection there. Are, are they the favorites to win uh, the AFC wow. North? Parlay kid? I you know what, Sal? They just might be now, and obviously uh this helps the Cowboys even more in that division, <laughs> to be honest. They're right now it does at least, right? Sure. Well, is that is that a draft pick for the, from this year's draft too? Is that a first round uh, pick? Mu- this year? Yeah, it, yeah, it must be. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I still think gotta be this way. immediately that helps the Cowboys, at least short term. So but uh we did lose Beasley though too. Damn. Yeah, I know. Well, Dak didn't use well, him right anyway. But wow, that's that's something though. That's like you. you right? have to I mean, think... we we might not think it's a great trade or a good trade. I don't even know yet. I gotta look, kind of look at it. But uh, if you're a Browns fan, come on, they've lost enough. This has got to be very, very exciting for them. All right. Well, this Harry just means this reporting. just means that the, the the Giants are taking a, a quarterback now for sure, right? With one of those two first round picks. Good point, Brian. Great yeah. point. Yeah. Eli wins again. He's not going to have no one to throw to. There you go. 
Um, I will say this though, it changes the psyche of the Browns. It's only a few months ago that they were they were they were excited about opening the fridge, right? Their first win in forever. It was like seems like just yesterday, and now I kind of feel like they have to win ten games. What what do you think, Tate? Yeah, they're putting sure. yeah they're putting the pressure on themselves. I think this says that Gettleman and the Giants are tanking. Unfortunately, if you're uh, you know, hoping they're going to make a run with Eli one last time. That means it's probably uh, the end of that idea, I guess. But we'll see what happens. Eli, it seems to be the Teflon uh, guy in New York at this point. But yeah, if you're the Browns right now, I mean, it's a lot of pressure on a first year head coach, too. If you're, you know, Freddie Kitchens coming in there, obviously did well with Baker at the end of the year. But if you're not producing with that kind of talent, then, you know, it looks like Dorsey cool. will probably go out and try to find someone who can because they're going all in. They're putting all the chips on the table. So good news for Baker. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, let's go to Sharp Tank, where um, uh, I won last week. I bought Brother Bry's bet. So each of the degenerate trifecta pitches me a bet, and I will buy one of them. Buy one means I will jump on with them and uh, hopefully not lose money. Brother Bry, we cashed in with Carolina minus three over Duke last week. Tate saw it go down, so I know for sure it's a legitimate uh, victory. Sharp tank this week. Hopefully none of you has the Giants to win the Super Bowl written down before uh, this podcast. But let's start with the winner, Brother Bry, one of the winners. Brother Bry, who do you like? All right. Uh, before I start this, I'm just going to say it's a sad day for uh, Parley. Kid and I, our cousin uh, Scott had passed away. He was the biggest UFC fan yeah. I ever knew. The guy yep. bought every pay-per-view since UFC won. He knew every move, every fighter. Uh, he, however, was probably the worst UFC better I've ever seen. I, mean, I guess that's what happens. That's what happens when you bet. You know, you try and parlay um, five or six or seven fights in one night, and uh, you're wondering why you're losing. So, um, yeah, so a tough day for us. But so, in honor of Scott, um, sticking with the UFC, I'm going to take the former Stony Brook football player and Dominic Reyes to beat Volkan Ozdemir. I'm going to say inside the distance. So. Again, I apologize right now. Those odds aren't out inside the distance. Reyes is currently minus 250 to win. I'm guessing those odds are probably going to be about minus 130 to win inside the distance. But, look, Reyes is the better overall fighter. Ozdemir, he's struggled his last two fights against Smith and Cormier. He kind of looks for the knockout early. Um, but just to me, Reyes is just definitely the better overall fighter, the, the up-and-coming fighter. And then when you look at their fights, 15 of 18 of Ozdemir's fights haven't gone the distance. For Reyes, eight of the, his 10 uh, haven't gone the distance. So I look for, for Reyes in this one to win inside the distance. And like I said, he's probably going to be anywhere from like minus 120 to minus 150. All right. Rest well, Cousin Scout. I love that guy. He was a real yeah. character. Parley Kid, what, I went over to his house one day. It wasn't UFC, but we were watching something. We were watching boxing or something. Can you even remember? No, we were, pro we were probably watching hockey fights, Sal. I think it was at a time where, uh, <laughs> or boxing, I don't know. Everything, Anything that involved some violence, he was into. Um, just a terrific guy, Sal. He fought a good fight, this guy. He's been... Uh, yeah. You know, he's, he's, his health has uh, deteriorated for, the, uh, you know, for many, many years. And I've never seen a guy fight like he did, uh, you know. And uh, honestly, uh, the UFC kept him going, Sal, really. He looked forward to every car uh, every week. And um, uh, just, a, just, a, just a great character, Sal. Great yeah, character. Really we're going to miss him a lot, Brian. And I, I think you're right. Yeah, I think we were character. watching hockey fights. And then the next morning, you guys <laughs> were going. I weren't going with you to the Richard Bay show. Which was that like in Secaucus right. or something? And he was just as excited oh, yeah. it was about like a that. Five hour show. It was it was like a five hour show. He was very uh 
he definitely got involved in the audience, you know, uh, shouting things. It was uh, right. just a great guy, great character. So he had a, he had a difficult life, but um, yeah. I have to say, uh, made me laugh as much as uh, almost anybody, that's for sure. For sure. All right, well, make him proud, Parley Kid. Pick another winner. No doubt. All right, so, well, you know, like Brian, I'm going to stick, uh, I'm going to do a little parlay with uh, two of Scott's favorite sports, even though boxing, I think, uh, took a back seat after a while to uh, the MMA stuff. So let's start off with Darren Till uh, fighting Masvidal uh, this weekend at minus 240. Unlike Harry, I'm not taking Darren Till because he's my namesake, uh, <laughs> what maybe something Harry would do because somebody had the same name as him. Uh, I'm just taking him. Look, his last fight was a dud against Woodley. He's admitted yeah. it, right? Right now I'm loving his war of words with Ben Askren. It's really some funny stuff if you're not following that on Twitter a yeah. little bit. Um, but, look, he's fighting this guy, Masvidal. He's been in, in, in MMA right now for about 17 years. Uh, he's dropped two straight fights, and he hasn't fought since 2017. I always think this is what – when these guys, when this happens, they're nearing the end of their career – he needs to win this fight, Masvidal, but I think he's shot. Here's the difference in this fight, though, when it really comes down to itself. Till is a very big guy for this weight. Masvidal is actually a former lightweight. Till is too big and strong to lose this fight, and, and he's in his hometown, Sal. It, it's hometown cooking here any, either mm. way. He is not losing this fight. Take him at minus 240. And so we're going to parlay him with the minus 350 and Errol Spence Jr. And very much yeah. like I just said about Till, what's the difference in that fight, Sal, right? The size, right? right. Spence's size is much greater than, uh, um, oh, geez, Garcia's. And mm -hmm. uh, it's just going to eventually uh, win out in that fight. And so did you know that Spence was born on Long Island here, too? I didn't was realize he really? that. He's born on Long Island, has, still there has relatives, and Brentwood, Copeg, Wyandanch, and Huntington, Sal, all over the place. We're basically as relatives right here yeah. in, in our hometown, right? All over the place. Um, people are probably like, wow, those are names of towns on Long Island. <laughs> yes, they are. Native American names. So, right. uh, absolutely. So, he's minus 350. You combine that with Till minus 240. It's uh, minus 122 parlay. So, I really like that. All right. Just I'm to win. Out. Just to win. Just to win. Yep. Harry, we going pugilism, or are you you're going to bet someone who's going to hit a golf ball? Someone over like 60 years old. You know what? Well, I already had a little side bet. I think I won. I had over three and a half times Parlay Kid would mention Long Island in the show. Oh, wow. Or towards <laughs> it, so. I already hit that. So I'm hot. So, I'm, you know, I did look at the golf style. I looked at the... I looked at for a, uh, a pick. The Kenya Open is going on in, uh, for the European Tour. I looked at that. Nairobi, Kenya. Yeah, I couldn't find anything there. The Players' Championship going on. I sort of like Sergio plus, and, uh, plus 125 for the top 20. But I don't really care for him. Me and Brian have all, usually always lose with him. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stick with my Virginia pick as my best bet of the week. My Virginia pick. At plus 120, you got 150. I haven't seen it lately. Uh, uh, for Virginia to win the ACC tournament, Tony Bennett has his team primed and ready. Virginia, plus 120, 150 to win the ACC tournament is my best bet. All right. There you go. And Paul, I kid, you have to excuse Harry. He's not used to being fond of the place he grew up, so he would never, you know, he can't, <laughs> what's he going to do? Paul, I kid, talks about Long Island. He's proud of his uh, upbringing. But Harry, different story, right? Much. Harry's about 15 <laughs> yards away from a power plant. So, 
That says a lot. All right. All right. What do we have here? Brother Bry has Reyes uh, Ozdemir going inside the distance. Now, I will point out, he didn't give this out on the podcast, but um, he did have Junior Dos Santos to win inside the distance against Derek Lewis, and he did just that. By the way, Bry, uh, Dos Santos to finish in the second round was 8-1. to one. I almost jumped on it and locked it in. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know how uh, yeah, I missed really, that, Yeah. But. The odds were really good. I was surprised inside the distance was was even because – if DeSantis was winning that fight, he was going to knock him out. I mean, I, sure. especially in a five-round. Sure. If it was a three-round fight, maybe not. But in a five-round fight, there was no way Lewis was last in that whole fight. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, Parlay Kid, yeah, you have Darren Till. I love Errol Spence. I love it. You, you listen to all these guys. Lomachenko, all these guys said Mikey Garcia doesn't really have a chance here because of the size. Till worries me a little, yeah. although maybe that Woodley fight, Woodley kind of just makes everybody look bad. He was the, he's the Pernell yeah. Whitaker of his time, except for the Usman fight uh, last week. But yeah. uh, Till and Spence is minus 122. Uh, Virginia. All right, Harry, I'm going to have to go with you. I'm going to have to go Virginia because I really do like that. Um, I think they have an easy – I think it's like they'll have NC State. If it plays out, they'll have like Florida State, and then they'll have, you know, if, if all the seeds uh, play out. Then they'll have either Duke or North Carolina. I think they'll be a slight favorite in that game, that final game. And if you're getting plus 120, plus 150, that's the way to go. Tate, have you heard anything you like uh, so far? Anything about Long Island or Darren Till or Richard Bay? Anything? Uh, the power plant that was next to Harry's power house. Plant. Yeah, that, right. that's power the main plant. thing that stood out to me. Uh, I will say I like the Virginia bet, too. I think Virginia has a nice uh, a nice ride to the ACC championship because I I do feel like Roy and Kay are both playing the uh, the long game of trying to win uh, and, you know, obviously go for the national title. And Roy has said before he cares more about the regular season than the tournament. Uh, and Kay without Zion, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, if he does play, then they, I mean, they might be the sleeper to pick because if you believe Zion will play, um, then they would probably win the tournament. But, you know, maybe Virginia one time uh, they can beat them after, you know, losing twice when they had Zion. So I, I like Virginia. So I'll go with Harry there as well. Yeah. All right. Another happiness has hedges. Another one. Parley kid hit us with Davidson over his, uh, his yep. alumni, Dayton. And now Tate is uh, saying Virginia to win the ACC tournament, uh, even though his Tar Heels are likely to be in the finals. Um, by the way, Tate, that is not a, a joke there about Harry growing up next to a power plant. No, no, I believe it 100%. Uh, okay, good. My grandpa Harry, was an electrician here. What's the name of it? it? You lived there for four years. I did. I did. I, I, I feel like yeah. I came away unscathed, remember, you but you actually worked years. You worked there, though, too, didn't you? Not at the power plant, at the, alum, uh, the aluminum plant. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. You still Pretty close. Nine miles. Within two miles away. Nine-mile point, right, Harry? A nine-mile point, but I worked at El Cano. <laughs> Alcan, that's what it was. You and your dad. Yeah, Harry always had the summer job. He would make a lot of money, and then he would, we'd blow it all immediately. Actually, he'd let me borrow it. Give it to you and let you borrow it. We'd we'd do three team college basketball teasers and get smoked. That's right. And now you're gonna you're gonna be in the Guinness Book of World Record potentially for betting in most casinos in 24 hour span. That'd be great. How great would that be? Do this, Harry. Don't screw this up. Come on, do it. He's got to do it. I'm He's mapping it out it as we speak, man. I'm mapping out my 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 uh, plan of attack. And as Ken nice. pointed out, probably no one from Oswego has ever been. What, what would the odds be of anyone from Oswego being in the Guinness Book? Unless it was something horrible. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, like the heaviest yeah. man, the heaviest man, or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. He'll get that. <laughs> most Harry. Most uh, what else can pick in an hour? We have the lead singer from Anthrax. <laughs> 
Oh yes, of course. <laughs> Most Harry, where can media. people find you online? Uh, AAO Harry. AAO <laughs> Harry. All right, brother Bry. Yeah, I'm at the brother Bry. Um, not much. You know, I'll just be watching uh, tournament tournament play all the, all weekend. I got no more uh, high school basketball to watch, so it's going to be me just sitting on a couch. By the way, bad job by the offshore books not getting a lineup for uh, a, a, a odds up for the Big Ten wrestling tournament. Brother Bry, like his head spun off. Yeah. He had a lot of big. Did I you run? Re- do you think? I was really upset about it. I mean, I I kept checking every ten minutes for like two days just to see if they would ever put anything up there. I couldn't find anything on one site. Uh, bad job. Just bad job in general. Bad job promoting wrestling uh, by the wrestling people promoting wrestling because we missed. Uh, the Big Ten did a terrible job, so we missed the match during the finals. Uh, so uh, uh, they do it such a bad job. I mean, I love wrestling and grew up in wrestling, but they do such a bad job promoting it. And brother Bry waged war on the Big Ten network. It was reminiscent of his, his brother, the Parlay Kid, waging war on Section 11 athletics. Parlay Kid, what do you have coming up? Oh, geez. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know, my kids are in lacrosse right now, so uh, games have not started. Uh <laughs> You know, we'll see what happens with that season. It's, uh, for me, not as exciting as the football and basketball seasons. But, uh, you know, they they, uh, they enjoy it. So uh, we got that going. And Sally also embarking on uh, inside my, my district here. We're starting a Biggest Loser Challenge. I'm at the heaviest weight I've ever been. Nice. Uh, and I'm starting it Monday, Sal. It's about it's going to run about 11 weeks. And I'm, so I'm at 215. So what do you think I can get down to, Sal? No, what you're not. You're not 215. Are you I'm, really? I'm at 215. I'm at 215, wow. pal. It's incredible. I, I think I'm hiding it pretty well, but uh, I'm at Last 215. Time, Carly, you were out with me and Sal when we were out in uh, California. You were 211, right? Was, no. I, was I really? Yeah, I think I was. 11 then. Yeah, I think I was, Sal. I, just, I was hiding it pretty well. And then I, I've, uh, you know, bounced up and down a little bit. But right now I've just kind of giving up on, um, you know, taking care of myself. So what, what do you, what do you set it at, Sal? If I'm at 215, 11 weeks, what can I, what am I going to get down to? Well, you, you're going to be dedicated and you're going to want to win this. And I think you've done this a few years ago, right? You want to give us some, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. A what, couple what of years ago, I started around. Yeah. I got, I was, uh, it was about three months. I think it was 12 weeks. I started at one nine, one, basically 200. And I got down to 175 in that time. Oh, 125. Man. See, the parlay kid is going to do this. He's going to he's going to put the hefty bags on. He's going to do everything illegal. Thing that you you read about kids dying from. <laughs> You're going to really want to do this. I say, two fifteen, eleven weeks. You'll get down to uh, one ninety three and a half. Okay, let's set that number. Let's see what I, I can like do. The, the enemas work. Just let me oh, know. Oh, Darren. Yeah, Darren's <laughs> getting way. Darren's getting into the one eighties. Definitely. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. Harry, think, wasn't your thing one ninety three and a half? Wasn't that your number? That was basically, uh, yeah, 193. Yeah, it was. All right. I guess that's all right. Darren was wrestling right now. He'd be wrestling heavyweight in high school. I know. It's so bad. How is <laughs> that insane. even possible? That's How insane. Possible? 138 in the senior year. I, that's oh great. All right. Gosh. And Darren's at the Chalk Talker. Uh, on Twitter, it's going to be the chalk talker. eater, I think, because it's, it's not going to be a lot of, uh, <laughs> not going to be a lot you could consume. Uh, 
Tate, you uh, any uh, weight loss plans coming up? Yeah, you can always consume uh, Atkins shakes and uh, a little a little gummy fest. I think that's what Harry said. That's what that's what works. A little bit of adultery on the side. Uh, yeah, at Tate, oh, <laughs> at Tate Frazier, uh, one shining podcast. All the conference tournaments this week. Uh, myself, Mark Titus, and then uh, Selection Sunday on Sunday, we'll be doing a podcast after all the uh, the brackets are set and uh, responding, and then we'll do a larger show on Monday for the Ringer, like a live show breaking down what we think about uh how it all plays out so all are that. you gonna do the thing where you sit with the ringer people and you fill out a, a bracket i think that's i think i don't know who we're gonna be sit- i think it might just be myself mark titus and kyle uh producer kyle that will be on uh screen but yes we're gonna fill out a bracket and uh you know pander to kentucky fans as usual and probably pick calipari just because if you do that every single year you avoid all the vitriol on the internet so uh it, it's an easy route to success all right. The podfather, Bill Simmons, was upset. He took some shots at you guys. for it, it took you like 40 minutes to fill out the first round, right, last year? Yeah, he was very upset about that. He was like, please stop talking and, <laughs> and more writing. So uh, we'll be sure to write more uh, on, on camera. Right. There were also like 15 people in the room. It was hard to, to do anything. But uh, we look forward to that. You and Titus, that's going to be fun. Uh, and then hopefully we could get you uh, next week on Tuesday to uh, go over our terrible NCAA bets. I think, uh, Brother Bride, do they by Tuesday night have the, I think they have pretty much everything. They might not have like the conference win totals and stuff like that. I can't remember. Um, yeah. Like ACC over 13 and a half wins and stuff like that. Yeah, they should have, yeah, by Tuesday, by Tuesday, they should have, they have Hopefully they do. I'm at I don't remember. I don't remember just only having Wednesday to put that. We mm. we gotta have. I, there's so many more right. sites to share. We gotta have that by Monday. For sure. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds. I'm at the cousin Sal on Twitter. Lock it in Monday through Friday. Fox Sports One, four thirty to five thirty Eastern Time. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live, eleven thirty-five tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta and Master Tate Frazier. I'm Sal saying so long. And happy handicapping.